Hello, everyone. Welcome to Living Life. Now, I'm going to ask a very general question. I think some of you may always ask or may have found answers already, but it's very general. First, um, why do we receive God's punishment? Second is, why does God punish? Third is, through all those punishment, what does God expect from us? How does He want us to live our life before Him? This is a very broad question. I know that today's passage would never answer all that fully, but at least within today's context, I hope that we could find some answers to that as we look at today's passage. So as we take a look, I hope that you uh, keep in mind these three questions. I will reiterate them again, and let's try to find some answers to the questions that many people ask always. Let's take a look. Malachi chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. And now, you priests, this warning is for you. If you do not listen, and if you do not resolve to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse on you, and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have already cursed them because you have not resolved to honor me. Because of you, I will rebuke your descendants. I will smear on your faces the dung from your festival sacrifices, and you will be carried off with it. And you will know that I have sent you this warning, so that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord Almighty. My covenant was with him, a covenant of life and peace, and I gave them to him. This called for reverence, and he revered me and stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth, and nothing false was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness, and turned many from sin. For the lips of a priest ought to preserve knowledge, because he is the messenger of the Lord Almighty, and people seek instruction from his mouth. But you have turned from the way, and by your teaching have caused many to stumble. You have violated the covenant with Levi, says the Lord Almighty. So I have caused you to be despised and humiliated before all the people, because you have not followed my ways, but have shown partiality in matters of the law. So as we saw in the passage, I mean, let's look at the first question that I addressed in the beginning. I mean, why do we receive punishment? I mean, there are many ways to answer that, but at least in today's passage, we see in the context that's a warning against the Levitical priests, we could see that they have turned against God's way. Let's read verse 8. It says, But you have turned from the way, and by your teaching have caused many to stumble. You have violated the covenant with Levi, says the Lord Almighty. Now, that's the ground for the reason why they receive 
God's punishment. Uh, God says, I will curse your blessing. But how does he punish uh, the Levitical priests? I mean, it's iterated in many ways. He says, I will curse your blessings. I will rebuke your descendants um, and your festival sacrifices, and you will be carried off with it, along with all the dung uh, that's been spread on your faces. And basically, all that is done so in order to, we see in verse 9, uh, to cause you to be despised and humiliated before all the people because you have not followed my ways, but have shown partiality in matters of the law. Now, that's the reason why they're being punished. I mean, can we see ourselves in this context? Yes, in most ways. Why? Because we may be an instrument in causing other people to go astray by teaching false teachings. I mean, yes, I mean, how could we do that? But interesting fact is that I've been told in my seminary days uh, that the professor always stressed that it takes one generation from a sound church to go to a heretical church. I mean, the basis he said is because the congregation mostly are not interested in studying theology. What that means is that they take the message on the, on the podium at face value uh, just whatever the pastor says, they take it in without any theological questioning. So in most cases, in some churches, they do, in fact, after the pastor change, the next generation church mostly goes into a heretical uh, astray. I mean, that is found in studies. I mean, when I was told that in my seminary days, I was shocked because mostly when you think about a sound church, you will consider that church to be sound after pastors change. But what matters most is that the congregation must be aware of the biblical studies, and they should be very interested in studying more theology so that they could check whether the message is sound, whether the message is in line with the gospel, whether Christ Jesus is being preached and proclaimed on the podium. That is very important. Because you see the Levitical priests who should be uh, very obligated to teach the message from the law, they're the one who went astray, started to show partiality to the law, and they're the one who caused people to stumble. That is why God says they receive punishment. Then why does God punish? Now that's the question that people always ask. But he says this here in verse 4. And you will know that I have sent you this warning so that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord Almighty. Now, does he want us to be perished by the, through the punishment? I can see here that he does not want that. He punishes so that the covenant may continue. Then what is the covenant? My covenant was with him, a covenant of life and peace, and I gave it to him. This called for reverence, and he revered me and stood in awe of my name. Verse 6, true instruction when is in mouth, nothing false was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness and turned many from sin. It goes along in opposite direction, just as what they did before God. They actually turn people to sin, whereas the covenant directed them to have people turn away from sin. So God does this so in order so that the covenant may continue. So we could see God's love and mercy and compassion 
that is directed towards the Levitical priests through his punishment. Then third, how does God want the covenant to continue? How does he want us to live before him? I mean, what is his expectation? Uh, just found in verse 6-7, you can see that he wants us to keep the true instructions in our lips and our mouth so that that in ways can turn people, many people, from sin to God. That is what he wants. So those who have been instructed with God's word have an obligation and a duty before God to do what? That is to instruct many to the truth so that they could turn from sin. So we, as God's saint, obligated to study His words, we are to have truth in our lips and the instructions in our mouth so that we teach and preach and guide people to God. Because verse 7 says, people seek instruction from our mouth. Please take that into consideration. Many people seek from us the truth. And if we lead them astray with the wrong teaching, then God will say, enough, and you should be refined so that you are the one who speak truth. So that is what today's passage directs us. We do not want to be a danger to God's ministry by being false teachers, but rather we want to refine our lips and our mouth and our thoughts and our heart and our understanding so that we only speak God's truth to all, so to shed light to their heart so that they could come to God with full understanding. Let's hope that that becomes true in our life. Let us pray. Father, Lord, help us so that we grow and mature in your understanding, so that whatever we speak, let the Holy Spirit guide our lips and our heart, so that we speak the truth to those who seek you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Sing your soul, the